0: Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount, and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. On today's episode of the Tim Fowler Show, we will be talking about the house that she built. Without the special guest, Molly Elkman of Group 2 in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Alongside Tim Fowler, I'm your co-host, Steve Wheeler. Here is the Tim Fowler Show.
1: Hey everyone, Tim Fowler here and welcome to what I think is going to be an amazing episode of the Tim Fowler Show. As we always do, uh, please send ideas in to me. Uh, guests that you might like to see on the or hear on the program to Tim at RemodelersAdvantage.com. All right. So while I was visiting the uh, International Builders Show in Orlando, I met the author of a book that's called The House That She Built. Now, it's not unusual for books to be out there, but what's unusual about this book is it's a children's book that is designed, I believe, and our guest will set me straight if I got it wrong, but basically the idea is to introduce the idea that women can build houses. And we're gonna do this introduction to kids, to girls, and, and at a very young age. And so I bought a copy of it. I, saw, I thought, this is really cool. And I have some friends that have two daughters, uh, ages seven and 10, and I made a big deal of going over and presenting it to them. Uh, I do bring them other gifts at times. And so this was not unusual for me to be there with a gift. But one of the girls said, wow, this is cool. So I haven't heard the feedback about what they thought of the book yet, but I really wanted to give them a vision for maybe, maybe one of them or both of them will want to be in the construction world as they grow up. So as listeners know, Steve and I have tried really hard to bring as many women on the show as we can talk about the challenges of women entering this field. And of course, when I met our guest today, I said, I want to have you on the show. So the author is with us today to discuss the book, but also to help us understand how we may be able to reach out to women, but maybe more importantly, to girls during the times, those years, those formative years, when you know a lot of the decisions in life are kind of set during that stage. So Steve, let's get going.
0: Okay, so Molly Elkman is the owner of Group 2 and the author of The House That She Built. She was named the 2022 NAHB Sales and Marketing Person of the Year and is working to launch the national The House That She Built Girl Scout Patch Program. Welcome to the show, Molly.
2: Thank you so much. I am so happy to be here with you.
1: So, this is going to, like I said, this is going to be fantastic. I've just been psyched about it ever since I met you at the show. So, tell us a little bit about your company and then a little bit about how you got involved in this project that you ended up writing the book.
2: Perfect. So, my company is Group Two, and I'm a second generation business owner. I was brought into housing by my dad, and I've been Doing new home marketing for 16 years, so basically over that time, I've realized that the majority of women that I'm meeting were brought into the industry by a father or an uncle or a husband. And now that we're here, you know, a lot of these conversations are happening about how can we, as a community, uh, bring more women into the trades and into um, the building industry.
1: And so, how did you get involved in this book? What was the? I mean, I, it's it's a little bit hard for me to kind of get like somebody in Philadelphia building a house somewhere else and involving all these women. So, how did that? How did that come
2: about? Yeah. So, this is the best part of the story. So. One of um, right now I work with about 100 home building companies and out of that 100 home building companies, one of them is owned by a woman and she herself is a third generation general contractor. So that gives you an idea of what I was saying before about most of the women are brought into the industry because of a man. And that's really important. Um, So we have become great friends. Her name is Christy Allen and she is a builder in Utah and Christy was a part of the formation of a women's group in Utah. It's called Professional Women in Building. And that is an organization that it's a part of NEHB. It's a council of the National Association of Home Builders. And this was a brand new group. They had were just starting to form and they came together and they decided right out. They wanted to build a home using only women and women-owned companies. And... That sounds like it shouldn't be that big of a deal. Um, you know, it really does. And it's actually it's impossible to do that in yeah. any market. Yeah. So in order to actually achieve that, over 100 women worked on this home and they flew in from every market around the country in order to achieve that goal. So that in itself is telling of, you know, what is needed for an all women done project. And we're talking everything from the excavator to the landscaper to sales and marketing. So that's how I got involved. So um, they reached out to me. I'm a woman-owned marketing company. And um, we did all of the branding and marketing for the project, including naming it the house that she built. And we had this entire campaign. And the whole campaign was really focused on telling the stories of these individual women and how they got into the trades. And the stories, I have chills just talking about it, the stories were captivating. I mean, you're talking about such different women with such different skill sets, but they're all coming together for this project that is so powerful and so meaningful, and they're all so connected to it. And hearing those different stories and how different they all were and seeing them come together to build this beautiful one-of-a-kind home, it was just, it was just so inspiring. And that's really how the book idea kind of came about and how I got involved is, you know, marketing this project, it was impossible to market it and tell their stories and not become fully invested and inspired um, and see that this could be something just so massive for our industry.
1: Yeah. So how did you actually get sort of assigned to write the story, if you will, for, for the kids.
2: Yeah. So I actually growing up, um, I, like I said, I'm second generation in the business growing up. My childhood dream was to be a writer and I ended up, you know, I, I use those skills in my career. I'm in marketing. Um, so writing and art is a big part of my life. Um, and I, But I went in a little bit of a different direction. So I've always in the back of my mind had this idea for an idea that one day I would have a book. Um, but I, I think in today's world, anyone can kind of like write a book and publish it. And I didn't want to just write a book and publish it. I wanted to find a really, really, really compelling story if I was going to if I was going to, you know, really work on something. So it really came about because I had an aha moment. And uh, what happened was I was prepping some marketing materials for the grand opening of this home, and I started to write a poem. So we named it the house that she built, like the nursery rhyme, the house that Jack built. And the house that Jack built is a progressive poem that builds with each line. And we just thought that was so perfect. So I started to use the same format of a progressive poem that builds to tell the story of the house that she built and the different careers and women that went into the build project. So I, I was putting that together for them to just read at the grand opening. And I had this moment of, oh my gosh, this is it. This is the children's story. And I, I wrote it before I knew it was a children's story. And Uh I ended up, um, like having this moment and I called Christy in, in Utah. And I said, This is what we do. That's the next step of keeping this mission going. We turn it into a story that can be shared inside the industry, outside of the industry. And she was so excited. Um, And every, you know, they were on board right away. I called NEHB and I said, I pitched it to them. I said, I already have a manuscript. Let's talk to your publishing arm. How quickly can we get this done? And I was connected there with Patricia Potts, who is the publisher of the book through NEHB Builder Books. And I had no idea at the time, but Patricia's previous careers before NEHB were all um, women-driven initiatives. And this book... I mean, to say that she is the perfect publisher of this book is an <laughs> understatement. I mean, I yeah. pitched it to her and she immediately got it. She saw the opportunity. She saw the vision and she was on board from day one. And that's really how um, how the book you know, came to be.
1: So what's the age group that that you're aimed the book at and what what are they going to see when they start reading this progressive poem? What are they going to see in there? What's what's the story that's being told?
2: Yeah. So the age group is actually pretty broad. Um, The technical like on the book, we have to have it categorized as a specific reading level. I believe the reading level is K through second. But what's really interesting is people are giving this as newborn baby gifts, um, (laughs) you know, to have in the bookshelf because, you know, Parents want to have books around. Everyone knows how important that is. And so they're giving it as a newborn baby gift and they're using it all the way up. I have high schoolers who are loving this, this book and are, you know, using it as a tool to go and do reading buddies and programs like that. And then I did not expect this, but adults are loving it. I have so many adults have said, I never thought about all the different people that went into the space that I am in every single day. And that's what is so fascinating about how receptive everyone has been to this book is it really does cultivate curiosity because all of a sudden you're not taking the wall and what's behind the wall and what's underneath our feet for granted. You're, you're not just thinking about it as materials that are there. You're thinking about it as someone thoughtfully worked on this and put this together and used their hands and their time and um so the age range is really ageless you know it really is even though it's a children's story Mm -hmm. Um, in in the book we do talk so basically the whole idea there are 18 careers that we we tried to show the progression starting from the architect and there are 18 careers that we go through in the book but the whole idea is that all of the women in the book are different. They have different skin colors, different body sizes, and they all have different skills. So each of the careers highlights the different skills. And of course you have heard that STEM, or now they say STEAM for science, technology, engineering, art, and math. So that's a big topic for education now. So by, by partnering the skill with the career, that has really been what has been so exciting to build self-esteem and work this story into um, conversations and that early childhood education.
1: You know what, Steve? I think we're in the presence of genius here. I'm just <laughs> um, I agree. I'm sort of in awe. I'm not sort of. I am just in awe. Of what this, so that was one of my questions. I noticed in the in the literature it said something about 18 different inspiring steam and capitalized. And I had no idea what that was. My kids have been out of school for 15 years. And so I, I don't have much contact. But that's the that's sort of the core learning. Is that what that, that is? The core learning that people would get from the book. Each character, if you will, has some core learning. Is that the idea?
2: Yeah. And in schools, they, for years, they've been referring to it as STEM. STEM is like this really Mm -hmm. important topic. um, And then they added in art. And They finally
1: put art back in?
2: They put art back in. And I love that that because I wasn't good at math and I wasn't good at science, but I was good at art. And so for me, I loved, I like to say STEAM instead of STEM, because for me, that's a part of it. So all of these different trades really use science, technology, engineering, art, and math in some capacity. And I think what's important is we're talking about everyone from the architect, the engineer, the concrete, the plumber, the insulation, the landscaper, the painter, the roofer. I mean, we're really talking about very different day-to-day skills and jobs but it's all needed for this project to happen. So yeah, it really yeah. puts everyone on the same playing field. And that's this whole conversation about, you know, one for one child, college is the right path. And for another child going right into the trades is the right path and guess what? They are both needed.
1: Yeah, so- I remember, I, I think I've told this story before, but I just, I remember in junior high, I was an advanced math student and we were studying the Pythagorean theorem. And I don't know what I was doing, but I consciously remember thinking, I will never, ever, ever (laughs) use this in my life for anything. And then lo and behold, you know, squares, you know, triangles, uh, angles, all that kind of stuff is a big deal in being a carpenter who cares, you know, Despite engineering, all those other things, it's really important. But just being a carpenter, you have to know that A, B, and C have relationships to each other. And so I think this is just incredible to get the kids thinking about these kinds of things early,
3: early in life. If you skip this important message, we're firing Tim. All right, maybe we'll just dock his pay. Now, he's going to get a good talking to. I'm Mark Harari, Vice President of Remodeler's Advantage, and we love Tim's passion for production as much as you do. In fact, Tim pushed hard for a dedicated track at this year's Remodeler's Summit in September, so we gave it to him. The production track is one of four education tracks we have planned, and for one day only, we're offering his listeners, you, 50% off the ticket price. I know you want to get back to the episode, so I'm not going to get into the details here. Just visit remodelersummit.com to learn more and secure your place in line for the one-day-only pre-sale event next Tuesday, April 5th. That's RemodelersSummit.com to get in line. One day only to save 50%. Thanks for listening. Tim gets to keep his job.
1: You mentioned NHB, is is their basic role in this thing just as the publishers or any other aspect of it that they're involved in?
2: Yeah, so NHB is the publisher. They have been incredibly supportive, um, helping to raise funding, raise awareness. Um, they they have been a great partner in this initiative and we're developing, you know, across department um, you know, initiatives around the book, because the book isn't just about professional women in building. It really is a long-term sustainable approach to workforce development. And that takes it across, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion. We're talking, we are talking about professional women in building. We're talking about workforce development. We're talking about you know, getting in front of, you know, city councils and and creating programming and, and getting the book as a tool to educate and and run activities and curriculum based on uh, based on the story in these different careers. So NEHB has been a wonderful partner. And as far as I'm concerned, we have barely scratched the surface. There's just so much opportunity.
1: So what's been the response to the book? I mean, I I got all excited about it and, um, you know, went and bought a copy. Uh, What my only regret is I didn't read it before I gave it to the girls. And maybe I'll have to spend an evening over there one day and read it to them or something like that. And, and, you know, enjoy it myself. But uh, what's been the response and the feedback you're getting?
2: So the response has been incredible. I I knew going into it that this story was important and that that this was a story that needed to be told, but I didn't, I could never have predicted the really, really, really deep emotional response that the title has gotten from people. Um, even to the point when I, you know, we did an interview at the international builder show and the woman who was doing the interview, she had to stop the interview because she started tearing up. Yeah. And I just think so many women who are in the industry right now know that it wasn't an easy path. And what I hear almost every day is I wish this existed when I was a girl, because right right now you pick up any book and if there's a builder or any career related to building, it is showing a man. And that is you don't realize that that affects you so deeply. You you don't even consider that as an option. Even though nobody said it's not an option, you just have no reason to think it is an option. So the whole idea here with with this title is that gender-based career bias, it starts at the age of four and five, which when I found that out, my mind blown. Because- that's really young. And we have all these workforce development initiatives targeting high school and middle school, which are so important. We obviously need workers now, but we're not fixing the long-term problem if we're not changing the conversation. So, you know, getting in front of the parents, the teachers, the educators, the guidance counselors, the, you know, having this different angle from that really young age is is that long-term solution.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm just thinking about myself and I tell people every now and then that like I grew up in a, in a family. My dad has a doctor's degree from MIT. He was a university professor for years and years and years. Everybody in our family went to college. And I joke about the fact that I did not know that you could be a professional fisherman and make a living because that was never discussed in our home that that was an, and I think if I'd have known that (laughs) I might be on a boat right now, pulling nets somewhere in the Atlantic ocean, because I love being on the ocean. It's uh, now I get to do it a little bit privately. Right. But, and maybe I make more money doing what I do now, but anyway, but I just equate that to the fact that, unless you have those conversations people don't know what the opportunities are out there and us guys and again I'm going to go white males we miss the fact that not seeing someone like yourself it it really really deters you from looking at that and I you know it's something I don't fully understand because of course I'm a white male and that's the picture that you see out there but I really appreciate uh, you're bringing it up. So this is a deliberate effort to reach out to girls. What else can contractors do? What, do you have some other ideas about what we might be able to do to kind of get that message out to these kids and and maybe start them on that path of at least asking enough questions to be uh, make a good decision?
2: Yeah, I, I think that the, the key message here is really just the the power in mastering a skill. So when you can master one skill and be really exceptional at that one thing, you're going to do really well. And it's, it applies to fishing. I mean, that's what it is. That's why people can be successful being a professional fisher because they have, they have mastered a skill. And I think, um, in our classrooms and in our daily lives, we aren't necessarily having those conversations that you don't have to be great or even good at everything. You need to be really, really good at one thing. And I I know for me, I'm I'm like an all or nothing kind of person. Like when <laughs> if I'm interested in something, I'm obsessed. And if I'm not interested, it's like hard for me to listen. Right. And so for me in school, my grades were like, English and art were up here. You know, I was off the charts and everything else was like, I was barely getting by because I had to like pretend to to be interested. And I think that that's not a bad thing. It's, you know, it is okay to be, proud of the things that you're really interested in and excited about. And to, instead of trying to make up for the areas that you're maybe not quite as strong, really um, put your time and intention and focus on the areas that you love and are are more of a, you know, a natural fit for you. And that's what, that's what all of us can do as adults with the next generation is talk to them about what they're interested in. So, you know, a perfect example is my son loves math. I don't, he definitely did not get that from me. He got that from his dad, um, but you know, he's in fifth grade. And if I would have asked him a year ago, what do you want to do? He would have said he wants to be a math teacher. And the only reason he would have said that is because that's the only career he has been exposed to as a nine or 10 year old that uses math It's a math teacher. Well, now we're talking about all these different careers. And now he answers and says he wants to be an engineer. And it's just making that association between the skills that are used for the careers. And that somehow that that isn't happening currently. So I just think making that connection is so important.
1: Yeah, I was just sitting here uh, thinking about, you know, every year the president reads the night before Christmas to a group of kids in the White House, you know, and I'm just sitting here going like. What if what if every builder, remodeler, contractor in the country got a copy of this book, got several copies, and gave it to elementary school teachers, but went into the classroom and read the book to the students and talked about careers in construction and just you know just introduce them to the idea that this is a possibility. You know, I'm I'm just thinking that maybe that would impact you know down the road. It w- may not help us today, but it's going to help the industry as a whole uh, down the road. Wow. Just so, so many cool things on this. So, so what's the next step for you on in in this, uh, I don't know, can I call it a crusade? Uh, I think okay. it's a...
2: <laughs> hey, We're calling it the house that she built initiative, the house that she built movement. Um, so, a lot of these opportunities have been happening organically. So, I every day I see a post on social media of someone taking the book and reading it to a classroom or gifting it. Um, A lot of this, you know, all of a sudden this like movement has taken off and um, we have partners reaching out to us, big, big organizations saying they want to support this initiative. How can they support? So for example, Warehouser just signed on as our education sponsor. Oh, wow. And Warehouser is creating curriculum to accompany the book that is free to teachers that's based on Common Core standards so that this book can be used um, in schools across the country. And we're also launching the National Girl Scouts program. Yeah, that's cool. What's so awesome about this is, you know, it really does come back to the same, um, you know problem with the build there aren't that many women in these trades so Um, To do this program, there is going to be a virtual component so that there can be representation of women in all of these different trades who are speaking to the Girl Scouts and explaining to them what they do and what their life looks like. We have a group in Idaho that is going to do a tour of a construction site and show. So we're going to be able to show what this looks like all around the country for different women in different careers and it's going to be open to all Girl Scouts of all ages. So from the youngest group to the oldest group, and then the activities, they will first they'll earn their uh, patch, which is the house that she built patch. But then there's going to be 18 programs where they earn a charm for each of the careers in the book. So we're going to get career specific where they learn specifically about carpentry, very specifically about roofing, about excavating, about all the 18 different uh, careers that are in the book. And they're going to get to do hands on activities based on those careers. So this is something that I'm beyond excited about. And I really think um, even though it's it is targeted towards girls and children, because it's not just girls, boys are loving the book as well. um, Also, the parents and the teachers and the and the adults, you have to remember, after COVID, a lot of people left their careers and left their jobs. And there are a lot of people who are unemployed right now. So I don't believe, you know, the impact that this has had on adults is is significant. So I don't think, you know, I, I think the impact is going to be immediate. I really do.
0: Molly, this is so awesome. And and we were talking about the project you did in Utah that really led to the book itself. Now, did you have the was the collection of female business owners in each trade together first or the idea and then sourcing the owners?
2: It was the idea. So there was a group there was a group of of women, but by no means was it a broad enough group to be able to bring this project to life. And what's interesting is they actually sourced a lot of the Um, the women who ended up being a part of the build from Instagram. So there's a big social media network for women in the trades and there's different organizations. And in particular, one that was really hard to source was the master plumber. And she actually, Um, is here in Philadelphia and they basically, they basically stalked her. They're like, we need you to be on this project. You have to come out. And her, her um, handle is tiny plumber girl. And she is so awesome. Um, Her, her name is, is Kelly Ireland. And she's actually come with me into some, elementary schools to do. We did a a birdhouse project where we we use the characters in the book to talk about the steps to putting together a birdhouse. And by the end of that activity, every single child in that class wanted to be a plumber because they had never they had never thought about plumbing as problem solving and, you know, putting puzzles together. And, uh, you know, they never saw it through the perspective of someone who is really passionate about it.
0: Yeah, that is so cool. And that was going to be my next question. Was there a trade that was really hard to find? <laughs> um, and then wanted to uh, quickly talk to you. The visuals are so cool in the book. So uh, I see Georgia as the name of the uh, illustrator. Did you know her beforehand or that was you got linked up with her for the book?
2: Yeah. So Georgia is the creative director at Group 2.
0: Got so it. we okay. worked
2: together all day, every day on marketing for the home building industry. And, um, you know, when we were naming this project, when we were doing the marketing for the project in Utah, we sat in a room and, you know, that's how we came up with the house that she built. So she has been, you know, I hate to even say she's the illustrator because she's so much more than the illustrator. Sure. I mean, she's truly a partner in this entire initiative and, you know, the, The thought that she put into every detail, Um, you know, we really wanted to be um, respectful and show the trades the correct way. We wanted to show safety compliance. We wanted to show diversity. We really, really wanted anyone who picks up this book to connect with one, at least one of the illustrations.
1: Well, while you guys were chatting, I was getting teary eyed. So uh, <laughs> just let everybody know that uh, I am just absolutely overwhelmed by what's going on here. So, uh, we, unfortunately, we need to bring this to a close. And so, I guess, uh, Molly, how do people get the book? Uh, let's start with that one. Give us that.
2: Okay. So, the website is shebuiltbook.com. But it is also available on Barnes & Noble, Target, Amazon, um, our website where it shows pictures of the actual build. Um, there are some free lesson plans is SheBuiltBook.com.
1: Okay. And what is your website?
2: So that, it, that is the website, SheBuiltBook.com. Okay. And that's also the social media handle. So for Facebook and Instagram, SheBuiltBook.com.
1: OK, and then uh, somebody's going to write me after this and say, how do I get in touch with Molly? So uh, if you don't want to give your email address out, that's fine. But how would someone get in touch with you if they want to find some women builders somewhere or get involved in a chapter or anything like that?
2: Yes. I would love to hear from anyone. So my email is, so my company website is group two G R O grouptwocom So my email is M for Molly Elkman, E L K M a N at group com, And I'm also on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, um, I'm pretty friendly. So reach out. And if I'm able to help, I am happy to help.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much, Molly. I, I, I just thoroughly have enjoyed this and uh, really appreciate your taking, you know, an hour or so out of your time to not only get ready for this, but to be on the show with us. And um, I am really looking forward to hearing about more things and maybe having you back on in a year or so just to see what's going on. But uh, thank you very, very much for being here with us.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
0: So Tim, this has been a really extraordinary show. And I feel is that all the shows that we've done that have highlighted women in construction highlighted the need for more women in construction has kind of culminated and gotten to this point of this fantastic book in person, Molly uh, in, in putting all of this together. So. You're yeah, so, you know. so
1: I'm just, like I said, I'm just uh, really excited about the possibilities here. I want to encourage all the listeners out there, get a hold of the book. What we didn't mention in the show was that the proceeds from the book uh, go into supporting workforce development with NEHB. So it's not, you know, not going into somebody's pocket somewhere. It's being used uh, out there to develop uh, people into the trades um, you know, get involved. Uh, get the book. Give it to kids. Read it to kids. I, I like my idea, even though it's my idea about you know getting it into th- with the teachers. I love the fact that they're they're making it free to teachers along the way, so they can be uh, getting this out. The other thing that uh, I'm looking forward to is Molly actually shared sort of off recording that maybe she can put us in touch with some of these women that were part of the build. And we can get them on the show, too, and probably have just as great an experience talking with them as we have with Molly. But uh, you know what? I just think this has been a great, great time.
0: Yep. I'm excited to uh, give the book to my six-year-old daughter, I, you know, read it to her as well and, and give it to others as well. But most of all, we want to thank Molly Elkman for joining us today. And we always want to thank you for listening to another episode of The Tim Fowler Show.
1: And remember, at the Tim Fowler Show, and this is a fantastic example of it, we are working hard to eliminate it is what it is from your vocabulary.
0: This has been another episode of the Tim Fowler Show. Want to hire Tim and fast track your growth? Visit remodelersadvantage.com slash consulting to learn more. And if you'd like more information about roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program, please send me an email at steve at remodelersadvantage.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.